You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are at home this evening to play the Utah Jazz in the third and final game of the season series, of course, coming off the victory on Saturday. The Wolves have already won the season series. They're only playing three games together in this shortened season. And so the Wolves have already won two of the first three, both in Salt Lake City and will play the final game of that season series this evening in uh, in Minneapolis at Target Center. So uh, that's tonight. Today's show, though, uh, a few different things. It's actually the first time in a while we've had some actual Wolves kind of news and notes here off the top. An international player, the Wolves may be interested in adding, according to some reports. And so we'll talk about that player and who some potential comps could be and what that might look like if the Wolves did move towards acquiring a player like that uh, at this point, certainly in the offseason. Um, also, Zach Lowe talked a little bit about the Wolves and specifically Anthony Edwards in his latest article for ESPN.com. So I want to mention what he said about Anthony Edwards and the Wolves as a whole as well here off the top. And then I want to get into uh, basically the, the, the odds that the Timberwolves can keep their pick, what the rest of the season looks like, who the Wolves are battling with, where the current standings are really the reverse standings, if you will, and what what the difference is between if the Wolves finish the worst, second, third, fourth, fifth worst record in the league, what the odds are that they keep the pick. And then I want to look at a few four-man lineups. Uh, we talked a little bit about two-man two man and three-man lineups of late, but uh, what are some of the most used four-man lineups for the Wolves this year and, and which ones have been most successful versus not so successful? Uh, and also, how many more of those lineups can we see here the rest of the season. Will we see Beasley again? Um, how well have the Wolves played with him on the court in, in some of these four-man lineups? And that'll be how we close the show here today. And then, of course, Tuesday's show will be the post-game pod from Wolves Jazz on Monday. All right. Uh, a quick reminder here off the top, as always, you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Spotify, Google, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Um, and, and again, you can listen and follow anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And my account is at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's uh, let's hit the Zach Lowe note first. So Zach Lowe does his 10 things he likes and doesn't like around the NBA basically every week at ESPN.com. So this is published on Friday. Um, of last week. And this is an ESPN Plus article. So you need an insider or an ESPN Plus subscription in order to read it. So I'm not going to read too much directly from the piece. But basically, number eight in his list of 10 things is about Anthony Edwards. And he opens it by saying he continues to be, quote, bullish on Anthony Edwards and talks about his growing chemistry with Towns. The reintroduction of D'Angelo Russell to the lineup has, has uh, you know, messed with that chemistry a little bit. But then he lists a few other things about the Wolves, not Edwards related, that he likes. He talks about Josh Akogi uh, being more confident on offense, Jaden McDaniels being legit. Akogi McDaniels may be providing enough defense to uh, to counter Eh, counteracts, maybe not the right word, but to balance out the Russell Edwards Towns trio that is obviously offensively focused. Although Lowe does mention he's skeptical that Akogi and McDaniels offer enough shooting to make it work. I actually tend to disagree. I, you know, I don't think Akogi is the guy moving forward. This is another conversation, but I don't know that he's 
you know, if, if your four starters are Russell Edwards, Towns, McDaniels, you need a guy who can do a little more offensively than a Kogi, at least, and not a high usage guy, but somebody who's a little bit of a better shooter, at least from the corners, um, a little bit more dangerous than a Kogi. At any rate, I think that idea, those, you know, four of those five are probably going to be pretty good moving forward. He talks about the unfortunate luck the Wolves have had with Malik Beasley uh, and his suspension and injuries, as well as the Russell Beasley Towns Edwards four-man quartet logging just 13 minutes this season, which is crazy. Um, I, I know that Wolves fans know that. I'm well aware of it. But still, when you say it and you read it that way, just insane. He also talks about how Edwards has struggled on defense and the easiest way he can he can improve is transition defense. I have talked about this at length on this show that oftentimes, this is a Timberwolves, this is a, a team-wide problem, is communication and transition. And Anthony Edwards is absolutely one of the key culprits. It's Edwards, it's D'Lo, it's, uh, at times, it's even Kogi, McDaniels. They're just not talking in transition. And he has a clip of Edwards just basically not getting back. Uh, I think it was Lonzo Ball was his matchup in the game against the Pelicans. And he just doesn't recognize that even though that's, even though that player isn't his guy in the half court, that's his guy in transition because you got to guard the guy closest to the ball who's most likely to do the most damage because he's one pass away. You can't just wait for your matchup to come down the court when there's a guy who's going to either cut to the rim for a dunk or get a wide open corner three. And sure enough, on this play, ball hits a wide open corner three. Um, he talks about sometimes he cuts for no reason on offense and he doesn't, he does the no man's land thing. I actually talked about this as a team thing. Um, this might have even been Sunday show, the post game from Saturday, where too many players on the Wolves kind of stay in no man's land. They don't, it's the Andrew Wiggins um, issue, right? It's, this has always been a problem for, for Wiggs is you're not crashing the glass on offense. You're not actually getting back in defense. You just kind of hang out in between and, and, you know, maybe once a game, a ball bounces your way and you feel good about yourself for hanging around in no man's land. But by and large, you're hurting your team because you're not aggressively crashing the glass and you're not getting back. You're going to get beat back down the floor. And he talks about Edwards struggling there. He also mentions that Nas Reed's having a great season, or sorry, he says a very nice season and basically says, hey, Edwards, he's, as he said, bullish. He's at, he's bullish on Edwards. Experience and care can fix some of the problems, according to Zach Lowe with Anthony Edwards. And if we're talking about the same issues in two years, then it's become a problem. Um, agree with all that. And I, I said as much, actually, again, I think this was Sunday's show. Um, I talked about Edwards in a vacuum has not been good this season. However, he's rapidly improving and the things that he's struggling at are all much more fixable. You look at his peripheral numbers, you look at his, um, the other stuff he does, it's all favorable compared to uh, the comp that I've made all along is Andrew Wiggins. I think it's fair. There's lots of comparisons in their rookie profiles and Edwards is doing so much more that's encouraging than Wiggins. Even the advanced metrics would suggest Wiggins was a little better as a rookie and uh, that Edwards has been actively bad, but it's it's skewed because the first part of Edwards season was just awful in terms of his on-court impact. And even though there were still some explosive plays and some exciting moments, uh, if you look at his last few weeks, if you isolate the last few weeks and, and really uh, six to eight weeks, couple of months, he's been really good. He's been a genuinely positive player. And so, you know, you take the total body of work and it doesn't look nearly as impressive. And, and obviously the mellow ball has been better as a rookie and all that. Um, but Edwards is trending upwards rapidly and that matters. And as Lowe says, the age, the lack of a real, uh, you know, training camp, preseason, all that stuff, summer league didn't happen. It's, it's, it's fair to feel really good about Edwards stand where he is today. And, you know, we, we said the same thing about Wiggins that if we were having the same conversation two, three years down the road, there, there was going to be a problem. And that's where we're at with Edwards too. I just think the peripheral stuff is much more encouraging than what it was for Andrew Wiggins at this stage in Wiggs rookie season. 
Okay. Um, next, what I want to do is I want to talk about the player that the Timberwolves are reportedly interested in on the national, excuse me, international stage currently playing over in Europe. So I want to get to him next, and then we'll talk four-man lineups and the upcoming schedule. Before we do all that, though, uh, let's talk about our friends at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that, on average, reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I should be getting my new shipment again this week. I actually just got some in, had today uh, a salted caramel for the first time in a while. It was fantastic. If you somehow have missed me talking about Built Bar, it is the best protein bar you'll ever have. Tastes just like a candy bar. There's 18 amazing flavors on their website. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, Jerry Barcia are three of the newest flavors that are my favorites. I mentioned salted caramel was delicious. Hit the spot this afternoon. Mint brownies, another one of my favorites. Every single Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft and they're all easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Satisfies your craving for uh, a candy bar without you don't need to feel guilty because it's literally, it's healthy. It's good for you. Every single Built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high in fiber. They're perfect if you're on the keto diet. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, which is what I did this week again. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th, that's this Thursday, through May 1st. That's April 29th through May 1st. Okay, let's talk about this uh, this international player the Timberwolves are reportedly interested in signing. So the player is... Uh, Perrier Henry. Perrier Henry played at the University of Charlotte. So he uh, is an American-born player. He went to South Charleston High School in Charleston, West Virginia, played at Charlotte uh, back when Charlotte switched conferences from the Atlantic 10 to Conference USA. Um, So he played there from 2011 to 2015, was undrafted, played in the summer league a couple of different times, and has been playing overseas. Currently is playing for uh, Real Madrid, and uh, is, or, or sorry, he signed with Real Madrid and is about to play there. And he played uh, in EuroLeague last year with TD Systems Basconia and averaged 10.5 points, 7.3 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 1.7 steals per game. He is a 6'5 point guard. I should also say this was first reported by Encastando. And then I'm reading this information from Eurohoops.net. They aggregated the report. Um, 
again, from Encastando and are talking you know, a little bit about his career. He was a standout at Charlotte, undrafted in 2015. And I went back and watched uh, a number of his highlights. And he reminds me of, oh, I should also mention, when he was in college, he didn't have eye-popping offensive numbers, but he won a few uh, awards. Uh, he was on the all-defense, all, uh, two-conference USA, all-third a third team and also all defensive team was on the A10 all defensive team and all rookie team back early in his career, his first couple of years. So he uh, is known for defense and is good size, 6'5 for a point guard, relatively athletic as well. The problem has always been shooting. You go back and look at his college numbers. As a four year starter for Charlotte, he was a 41.4% shooter from the field, 28.2% from beyond the arc. He had one season where he was north of 30%. That was his junior year. He actually attempted more than three threes per game, 31.6% from deep. He was just a hair under 70% from the line as well. So those splits, 41% from the floor, 28% from three, 70, or really 69.6% from the charity stripe, not what you want to see for a guard at the NBA level. So it's understandable why he went undrafted, but his size and physicality, defensive abilities are why he still kind of stayed on the radar. I figured there had to be a Gerson Rosas connection somewhere, and indeed there is. And actually a Chris Finch connection as well. I'm pretty confident. Uh, he played for the Houston Rockets in the 2015 Summer League following uh, the draft and going undrafted. He then played overseas in Georgia. He played in Germany for a while. He's bounced around in Europe for a few years. But know that Rosas and or Finch, and I, I don't know for a fact, actually, I, I could probably find this out. Um, oh, actually, here it is. The coach of the Rockets 2015 Summer League team is actually J.B. Bickerstaff, former Timberwolves assistant, former Golden Gopher, current Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. He was actually the coach of that team, not Chris Finch, but Finch was on the Rockets staff at the time. So undoubtedly, he had uh, some exposure to the decision or at least the conversation surrounding um, Perrier Henry and him being on that summer league team. So at any rate, there is a connection there, know that, between Rosas and or Finch and Henry. There's no other information in the article about like how soon they'd be interested in bringing him over, what his role would be, et cetera. Watching, and, and again, I have not, I did not see him play in college. I'm basing this off of a bevy of YouTube highlights that I have now watched of him playing in Europe. The way he plays reminds me a little bit of a much bigger and more athletic, ver uh, maybe not that much more athletic, but a bigger version of Jordan McLaughlin, kind of hard-nosed, defensive-minded, does a little bit of everything and can do everything you know, okay, but doesn't really do anything great other than just being a solid all-around player and, and being kind of hard-nosed. But he's got like four, four and a half, five inches on McLaughlin in terms of height. And I do think he's probably a little bit of a better athlete. So interesting that that type of a player, and, and I don't know, this is me now speculating, maybe there's something to, hey, you know, we don't know yet if McLaughlin, remember McLaughlin's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. They can't bring him back as a two-way guy again. If the Wolves end up trading Rubio, maybe they see they don't bring back McLaughlin. Henry could be a lower cost option to bring in as a backup to D'Angelo Russell. He's big enough. He could play um, alongside Russell and take the tougher backcourt assignment because of his size and defensive abilities. So pure speculation, but um, that could be the move. If Rubio ends up being traded, especially, he also could probably play with, uh, maybe not with Rubio because of his lack of shooting, but he could play with Russell and then Rubio could be the primary backup um, who, who, you know, kind of right now how there's basically a three point guard rotation and Henry could basically slot in where Jordan McLaughlin would be vacating minutes if he leaves after this year. So interesting 
that this is a name that we have not heard previously connected to the Timberwolves or really to the NBA at all, but he's coming off his best season overseas. He is at this point uh, 28 years old, so he's basically in his prime and he doesn't have much offensive upside. He's just kind of going to be that solid defensive minded guy, defensive minded guy who can come in and, and play some minutes. So I'm really intrigued to see if if this is a thing that uh, that moves forward uh, for the Timberwolves and if it's a name we hear again in the offseason. Remember last year, Facundo Campazzo was a name that came up consistently. He ended up going to Denver and the Wolves ended up trading for Rubio. Campazzo has been very good for the Nuggets this year. Um, a diff- very different player than Henry, to be clear, but still similar in that this the rumor came out, you know, I don't know, roughly a year ago, I think, regarding Campazzo. So clearly there's there's going to be some smoke here uh, or, or where there's smoke, there's often fire and, and there's already smoke around uh, Perrier Henry. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, what I want to do next is talk about this, the reverse standings and, and the possibility the Wolves can hang on to their pick. I think what we'll do is save the four-man lineups here for the show uh, later this week. The Wolves have back-to-back games Monday and Tuesday against Utah and Houston. So yeah, two more games worth of minutes that we can uh, wait and then talk a little bit about four-man lineups, probably for Thursday's show. Um, we can look again at you know the, the Rubio Towns Edwards McDaniels lineup, which is actually the most used lineup so far this year. And we'll see a lot more of that, I would expect, over the next couple of games. And versions of that lineup with Akogi as well, basically, Rubio Towns, Akogi Edwards, and, and how that lineup's done. So we'll revisit this later in the week, uh, but it's intriguing to me. And, and many of these frequently used lineups actually have done fairly well. And I, I want to talk about which ones I'd like to see more of down the stretch of the season. So we'll save that conversation for later in the week. Definitely come back to it. But right now, because the Wolves are starting to play better, they also play Houston this week. I think it's topical to discuss the reverse standings and uh, you know what happens next for each of these teams that are going to be in the conversation for a top three pick in this year's draft. First, though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, MLB, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Right now, you can listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every NFL team, making trades and picking the next stars of their team and more. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, let's talk reverse standing. So the Timberwolves have been in a battle with Houston for the bottom spot in the NBA standings for quite some time now. Houston has just continued to be miserable while the Wolves have have slowly but surely gotten a little bit better over the past several weeks. At the moment, as we sit here today, Minnesota is exactly two games ahead of Houston for the worst record, or I should say Houston is two games worse than Minnesota. Minnesota is two games behind Houston if you're looking at reverse standings. Um, at a, with a 17 and 44 record, Houston's 15 and 46. Of course, the Wolves and Houston play on Tuesday night. Houston, um, they play 
they don't play on Monday. So when they face off on Tuesday, it'll either be a one and a half or two and a half game difference between the Wolves and Rockets. So Houston lately has been uh, really terrible. I mean, they beat the Magic, which we'll talk about Orlando here in a minute. But overall, they've lost nine out of their last 10 games. You want to go back further than that. They've lost 14 out of their last 16 games. They beat the Mavericks in a random, uh, I don't know, two and a half three weeks ago that I think made uh, our friends over at Locked On Mavericks, uh, Nick Angstad and others, their heads explode um, when that happened. But overall, Houston's lost 14 of the last 16. Of course, they split those two against Minnesota about a month ago at the end of March. Uh, both those games at the Timberwolves, the Wolves won the first one and lost the second one to Houston. So, I mean, Houston's not trying to win. They also have a trade to worry about. Of course, the Wolves, their pick is top three protected. Houston, um, their pick is, I believe, top four protected. So they need to worry about about what this thing is going to look like as well when when the uh, when the actual you know the lottery happens. Um, or I'm sorry, their pick is yeah top four protected. So if they land at five, they lose the pick. So they've roughly got a fifty fifty shot at keeping it if they stay where they're at. So there are two games ahead of Minnesota as long as if we're talking reverse standings. The next team, so Minnesota's next, and then Detroit is one game behind Minnesota. The Timberwolves currently have the, the I guess, tiebreaker, uh, reverse tiebreaker. They're, they're losing the reverse tiebreaker against Detroit because they beat Detroit um, in the first game of the season. Haven't seen them since. They also play Detroit later this season on, uh, let's see, the fourth to last game of the season for the Timberwolves, which is Tuesday, May 11th, the Wolves and Pistons will play each other. And they are a game behind Minnesota. They've lost three in a row. They did win a couple of games. They beat Oklahoma City and Cleveland not that long ago. But uh, I guess are more in the Timberwolves camp where they lose two, three in a row, win one, lose two, three in a row, win one. So they haven't been completely hopeless. And the Wolves are only one game worse than them as of right now. Orlando's played less games. And also their head coach, Steve Clifford, just announced he had a positive COVID-19 test and will miss several games. So obviously thoughts are with Coach Clifford and hopefully he recovers quickly. But Orlando has just an insane number of injuries right now and they've lost four games in a row as well. Um, And they also play the Timberwolves before the end of the season. The Wolves, by the way, do not have an extremely difficult schedule once we get past the next few games here. Um, Or I guess really they're kind of over that hump. The Wolves' schedule's very palatable the rest of the way. They play Orlando on May 9th. So again, towards the end of the season, Orlando's another team that's going to be in a really tough spot. And at the moment, they're only two games behind the Timberwolves in their reverse standing. So that's four. If you want to go one more to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City's lost 13 games in a row. Remember, this is a team that was surprising everybody. They were they were roughly 500 as late as uh, as late as early February, um, and we're surprising everybody with that. They kind of hung around that play in conversation. Now they've lost 13 in a row. Shea Gilgis Alexander remains out and will probably miss right about the rest of this season. And it doesn't really make sense for them to bring him back at any point. Um, the Wolves are done with Oklahoma City. They lost the season series to Oklahoma City, but the Thunder have a really tough schedule. They've got Philadelphia, Boston, New Orleans, Indiana, Phoenix, all in a row, all playoff teams. Then they have Golden State. They've still got three more against Sacramento, um, but then they finish with the Jazz and the Clippers. So the Thunder have a really difficult schedule and are plummeting down the standings. All that to say, look at the Wolves schedule. And it looks like it's going to be tough for the Wolves to stay in the bottom three, if that's what you're rooting for. Remember, they're three and two in their last five. They have played roughly five. I mean, what? They're seven and six when Russell and Towns play together. Both are healthy. Malik Beasley's still not back, but he may come back, uh, uh, you know, right at the tail end of the season. The Wolves have the Jazz, Warriors, and Pelicans in the next few, but they've also got Houston, Memphis, 
Orlando, Detroit still on the schedule. They close the year, though, with Denver, Boston, and Dallas. And all of those teams are likely going to be trying to play for something, right? They're they're jockeying for position in the Western Conference. So Minnesota's kind of got like a mixture of the worst teams in the league. When you look at Orlando, you look at Detroit, and you look at Houston, and then the very best teams. They've still got the one more against Utah. You've got Denver, and then also Boston, Dallas, Miami, all teams fighting for playoff positioning. So of the teams that are remaining though, the Wolves have the healthiest, the best healthy roster, and probably the overall easiest schedule um, regarding the final two, two and a half weeks of the season. In my mind, the Timberwolves aren't going to finish in the bottom three. And I don't think it's all that important that they do. I've, I've, I've made my thoughts on this known before. I don't think it makes any sense for the Wolves to try and lose. Remember, they have a 40% chance of keeping the pick if they end in the bottom three. But as soon as you get outside the bottom three, it doesn't actually change that much. The difference between three and four, um, you're only at like a four and a half percent worse chance to keep the pick if you're at four versus three, which, you know, it's not nothing, but and you lose, you know, you drop from 14% chance to get the number one pick to a 12 and a half percent chance to get the one pick if you're in the four spot versus three. But as you slide down the standings, it's not like your odds increase dramatically to, to or I should say decrease dramatically to keep the pick. And it doesn't make any sense for the Wolves to try and lose. Their best case scenario is if they can, you know, finish maybe fourth, fifth, sixth worst team in the league. They play really well over the final weeks and they still somehow get lucky in the lottery, which is probably asking for too much and maybe still get to keep their pick. I mean, what if they finish with the sixth worth sixth worst record? They're still going to have a roughly 28% chance that they get to keep their pick. That's not that much worse than the 40% chance that they would have to keep it if they finish in the bottom three, right? I think it makes a lot more sense for the Wolves to try and win and feel better about the close to the season, feel better about the Russell Towns Edwards trio, feel better about that trio playing with Jaden McDaniels versus, you know, losing out or something and then still losing the pick. And it, it, there wouldn't be a worse feeling than that. So this is obviously a developing story and it will be the narrative hanging over Wolves Rockets on Tuesday. It'll be hanging over Wolves Pistons on May 11th. It'll hang over Wolves Magic on May 9th. I mean, it's it's undeniable that this thing's going to be a major story, especially with the with the Wolves losing the pick if it lands at four, the Rockets lose the pick if it lands at five. Um, it, it's just going to be a ton of, eh, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it'll be intriguing to watch with the draft lottery upcoming here in June. And of course, we're going to talk all about it here on the show. And, and when it's all said and done, there's going to arguably be more at stake this year in the lottery than any year in recent memory, just because of all these protected picks that are going to be on the, on the, uh, I guess on the block, depending on how the ping pong balls bounce. So, um, obviously something we're going to keep talking about here on the show moving forward. And the wolves play so many of these teams still, uh, down the stretch of the season. And, and again, my advice, my, my take on this is to root for the wolves to win as many games as possible because there's nothing you can do about those ping pong balls. And even if they finish at the worst record in the league, there's a 60% chance they don't keep that pick. I'd much rather have a 28% chance of keeping it and feel good about the close to the season and potentially a 500 plus record, certainly with Russell and Towns in the lineup and, you know, beating some decent teams down the stretch, Utah, you know, Miami, and, and hopefully some of these other games upcoming. All that seems much more enjoyable to me than losing out and worrying about the 60% chance that the Wolves don't keep the pick. Um, and so, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to root, but that's what, that's where I'm at with this whole thing. Um, okay. That's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, Wolves jazz this evening, 
So we'll have a post-game pod that posts late tonight, early on Tuesday, that will recap the game. We'll talk key takeaways from the game, um, part three of Wolves Jazz, Jazz on the season, and also we'll do individual studs and duds, as we always do on the post-game pod. So be sure, if you're not already following, be sure to follow, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the all-new Odyssey app, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and my account at at BBeacon. That's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder that today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.